Hey, and welcome to Dadpreneur Revolution live stream. We are here on Facebook uh, showing up and I'm really, really excited about today's guests. So they were totally reaching a next level of overcoming what we thought was impossible and stepping outside a comfort zone to reach our full potential. And so the reason why we are here is to inspire us and men and dads out there to unveil the leader that is inside of them. The guy, you know, that we're holding back that we're not allowing to show up fully. And here's a, a, a stories that will be told that shows the way how we can do that. So let's dive in and meet an amazing man. So I've been knowing this guy for basically a month now and we're getting to know each other more and more. And he put up a video about an adventure. It's like, I need to have him here on the Dadpreneur Revolution uh, live stream and podcast to, to really show the importance of adventure so this is a guy that i feel is, is very curious and he's not backing down from a challenge and we'll talk about how adventure transforms lives and he will share his 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 journey to that so he's a powerhouse coach and been overcoming tons of limiting beliefs so really transforming himself from inside and out and so thank you so much for showing up dan Senior. Hey, Matthias. Good to see you, man. How are you today? <laughs> really good. Really good. I'm super excited. <laughs> now we get the time to ask all these questions that we didn't talk about another time. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> so let's uh, start off with something called the Fast Five. So we dig into like five fast questions to get to know you a little bit and, and, and get the, the temperature up a little bit. Right on. So are you ready? Yeah, go for it. Far away. So, we'll see. So, can you share with me a surprise that you gave to your wife that she absolutely loved or totally hated? Ooh. Um, <laughs> okay. So, actually, it was a little thing. It was uh, I just took the kids out for a for a hike and told her to go get herself a massage. It's <laughs> like. I'm taking the kids out of the house. You go to do something that's going to make you feel relaxed and beautiful. Mm. And she loved it. She loved it. Awesome. And um, could you share, like, what is an action or non-action that makes you come most alive? Uh, a couple of things. Um, there's just something for me about carrying a heavy backpack through the woods that, I mean, so I... Gonna zip it up first so I can show you. Uh, I carry around my trusty GoRuck GR1. Today I'm rocking my Navy SEAL Foundation um, patch. This uh, this signifies. So as you see, the 75 miles here. I did 75 miles of rucking with a uh, steel plate in my bag here in the month of July, and also three ridiculously hard workouts in honor of these awesome frogmen. Um, and so I carry this around like yesterday I went over to the uh, the Purdue horticulture park We did about four and a half miles in the heat and one time I was just charging up the hill as about as fast as I could go and I Like I almost got this tunnel vision where I was just feeling like complete joy and in touch with my, my body and you know my, my breathing was nice and steady. It wasn't ragged or anything. It was like, yeah, this is this is living right here so it's it's that or or charging down a hill on a mountain bike. Uh, we've got a little uh, single track trail here, actually just kind of in the middle of downtown, a guy built it in his backyard on a hill, but it's really nice little trail. And, um, you know, 
feeling the wind in my hair and in my beard it's great <laughs> <laughs> never heard of the wind in my beard <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome so what is a morning and day routine and also evening routine that makes sure that you are on point and don't slack off yeah when i when my morning routine is at its best uh i wake up and sometimes my son will wake up with me and he'll make the coffee which is great um but then i start off with uh this really great prayer um from John Eldridge and his team at Ransom Tart. They call it the daily prayer. And it, uh, it's about 10 or 15 minutes long. Sometimes I listen to the recording of John Eldridge reading it. Sometimes I read it myself. And that just helps me get in the right mindset, the right, uh, right spirit for the day. Um, then I'll do the, the meditation from the daily calm that day. Um, I'll do some reading. Currently, I'm, I'm reading Bear Grylls' new book called Soul Fuel. It's really great, like just a little daily, um, devotional book from from bear which you know i'm i'm growing in respect for that guy as he's i mean he's an adventurous guy he's been in the sas he's done the man versus wild thing but now he's he's getting more about his faith out there which i really appreciate um so i do some reading um sometimes i'll uh, or i'll incorporate some physical elements into it like this fall i think i'm gonna get back into uh chopping firewood in the morning uh so i want to put a wood stove out in my shop so yeah that's that's kind of my morning routine and then evening routine, um, after the kids go to bed, uh, my wife and I will you know, basically just hang out on the couch. We'll watch our, you know, one of our favorite shows together, spend some connecting time together. We'll have a cup of tea or uh, you know, a light snack together and just talk about the day and, and uh, you know, things that we appreciate about each other, things that we've been enjoying lately, schedule, stuff that's coming up so we can get everything off of our plate. And then uh, I'll read some fiction to uh, kind of wind down. Like I'm reading The Lord of the Rings now. I, I haven't read it in a really long time, and I'm trying to get more of that mythic element into my life. Um, so there's nothing like a, a really great, uh, you know, well-written uh, fantasy or sci-fi book like that for me. So cool. So it's not only adventure, like going out of it with their rucksack, climbing the mountains, also reading the books. Absolutely. So you spoke about steeped in adventure throughout the day, yeah. I immersion. Uh, so John Eldridge, you mentioned, can you share? So you said it's a fifteen-minute prayer, so you don't need to share all of it. But what is the the essence of that prayer? Yeah. So the essence of it, I'll read a little bit of it because it's um, it basically goes through kind of all the elements of our lives and then of of the the elements of God. You you basically start with you know, surrendering yourself and saying, you know, I, I want, I come today to be restored, to be renewed and to receive life and love and grace and mercy that I need this day. And it's, a, you know, the first part is about surrender uh, to God. And then uh, talking uh, you know, about, about the Trinity and the elements of that and, and how, um, you know, you renounce all, all other gods and idols and, um, you know, you break, uh, any connections with uh, with other other people or, or entities that may have attached themselves to you, you know, throughout the previous day. Um, there's elements of uh, just praising God for for who He is as the perfect Father, and, and all the elements that go into that, and uh, thanking Jesus for His His friendship and um, His sacrifice, uh, and and you know, putting on the full armor of God, you know, the breastplate of righteousness and the the shoes of the gospel of peace and the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit and all that. So it kind of just goes through armoring up for the day, surrendering um, and, and accepting the, the gifts that, that God has given us, um, you know, reaching out and, and help for 
to the Holy Spirit for counsel throughout the day, um, you know, bringing in the protection of the angels, things like that. It's, it's really good, very comprehensive <laughs> and um, something that they've been challenging us uh, who are going to um, their retreat in October, their Wild at Heart boot camp. The first thing they did after you sign up was like, you will be under spiritual assault over the next few months. You need to read this prayer every day. And I was like, really? Okay. I mean, it's a good prayer. I've read it a couple of times. Um, but that very night I came under assault. Like my wife and I got into an argument over nothing. And we, we rarely argue. And I was like, oh, this is what spiritual warfare is. Like these little insidious things that can flip a situation from, you know, a nice evening onto the couch, on the couch to separating, you know, and sitting on the opposite ends of the couch and going to bed angry. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I really need to pray against that. Um, and it's really powerful when you do. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited about uh, I have some more questions. I want to know, dig deep into this uh, boot camp and the wild at heart. It's oh, like, oh, yeah amazing books i've ever read in my life but we get down to that soon um could you share what is the like favorite way for you to connect to your kids and when you do that how does it make you feel yeah um each one of them as they grow so we've got three kids we've got alex my son he's about to turn six in october um we have jane who's three and felicity who's gonna be one next month which is crazy so uh, the older two are, you know, got a little bit more of their personality out than the baby. But finding something when when their little hearts come alive that I can do with them is just so rewarding. Like for me and Alex, we were in Taekwondo class together. And seeing his face when he gets to break a board is just awesome. Um, you know, he started out that class as just a scared little kid. And like he was crying and he was you know, clawing on my leg and didn't want to do anything. And now a few months later, he's counting in Korean and leading the class in stretching and breaking boards and practicing self-defense moves with me on the bed at home and wrestling around. Um, I love that. Um, my daughter, Jane, she's really creative. Um, she's really goofy and spunky. For, for me, though, it's like just getting to... She doesn't invite snuggling and huggle hugs as much as as alex does so when i get that moment of daddy can i snuggle with you it, oh man just freaking melts my heart um and you know felicity is just a baby so just she's she is the best uh baby out there sorry anybody else it's subjective <laughs> it's it's empirical um just her little smile and now she's like you know kind of lights up when i th throw a little stuffed ball to her or you know kind of play around with her little stuffed dog and yeah it's just uh yeah those those little moments or um, are, are the best could you share something uh, that you celebrate about yourself something that you're proud of about the man that you are right here now the guy who sits yeah there. it's um actually some of my my uh, so a couple of things um the way I show up with my wife, our marriage, I think is is some is a, an inspiration to a lot of people. We've been married for ten years uh, this month, uh, back on the eighth of August, and our our relationship is as as strong as it's ever been. And I think that's because of um, the work that we've both done on ourselves as individuals. Um, my my physical 
uh, accomplishments. Like I've lost 50 pounds in six months um, through rucking around mostly. And, you know, one of the things that I love lately is uh, we did, I did this 50 mile uh, event called the Go Ruck Star Course. I led a team of five guys over uh, a little less than 20 hours. We carried a 20 pound steel plate for 51.2 miles. And at the end of that, um, so it's actually three Alliance guys and, and one guy who I think should be in the Alliance. He's not yet. Uh, but two of them came up to me and said, you know what? You showed true strength and leadership last night and today. And I would take a bullet for you if you asked if, if it came down to that. I, I would die for you if you needed it, which there's not many moments in life where you can have guys that you love and care about truthfully say that to you and know that they meant it. So that's what I'm most proud of is, is the, the training that went into that moment being true. It sounds like uh, only a man that is wild at heart shows up in that way and get anyone reaching out and, and offer, offering that. Mm-hmm. So if you had an opportunity to share one message, like one truth, one insight that you have had during your lifetime, and everyone would realize it, not understand, but really believe it. And by that, the world would be a better place. What realization would you share with the world? Fatherhood is a team sport. It's not meant to be done alone. You need other other men, women um, around who are like-minded in in three things you're gonna so we're gonna get into wild at heart here get people together do life together and have these three things an adventure to live a battle to fight and a beauty to rescue so so the adventure to live is you know you need moments regularly where you're persevering into elements of the unknown and building your character and, and finding fulfillment you need a battle to fight. You need a cause that you can stake your life on together in community. And you need a beauty to rescue. You need to show up in a way that your wife or you know your, your girlfriend, whatever, they're revealing the beauty within themselves to you. Not that they need to be rescued, but that you're allowing their heart to be fully alive by the way you show up for them and with them. And doing that in in community together, supporting each other when when you're down. I mean, I was talking with a, a, a really good friend of mine. His name is Larry Yatch. He's a retired Navy SEAL. He's in a very similar stage of life to me, although he's 10 years older. Um, he's got two young boys about the same age as my two. And we go through the same stuff as dads. And, you know, we're, we're doing fatherhood together, even though he's down in Florida. And just knowing that hey i'm going through this thing my my son's afraid of the dark what do i do about that oh here you can try talking to him like this you know it's so valuable to have those guys in life who are you know a little bit ahead of you or or maybe have a little bit more wisdom than you or in it in a certain area but are in the same stage of life helping fill in those those gaps in your skill set and you're offering your strength as well of like you know i'm showing guys that yeah it's not only possible but it's necessary to put together a local tribe and and go hiking together with your kids 
on a regular basis. It's good to do that. Here, come along. We're meeting Wednesday night at the Boy Scout camp, you know, doing things that I'm strong in and bringing others along with me and then asking for help when I need it. That was a long-winded answer, but... <laughs> it's well needed. It's well needed. Thank you. So could you share, like, I, I want to get into the adventure part. And uh, to get in there, really get in there, we must start from the beginning. It's like when I hear any man say, like, oh, I'm into adventure, or, like, I, I, I need more adventure, there is, has been usually time of opposite of adventure. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear, like, your story. Like, did you experience a time of being stagnant, feeling stuck, like, frustrated, trapped? Absolutely. As, as the father. And how was that? And what was your journey to get out of it? Yeah, I was feeling all of those things. It was uh, the end of 2016. Actually, I have a picture of it. I'll send you sometime. It was uh, I, a couple of months into a new job so here at Purdue. Um, I, the summer previous, I had been laid off. And so like every, my career life seemed uncertain. I wasn't, I wasn't even be doing any mechanical engineering anymore like I got a degree for. Like, what am I even doing with my career? I have no idea. I'm, I'm stuck. Um, my relationship with my wife wasn't as good as I would like it to be. We weren't connecting um, as well as I wanted um, regularly. I was getting angry and short with my kids. I and mean, we only had um, two at the time. But it was just, um, you know, I wasn't connecting with them how I wanted to. I wasn't showing up the way I wanted to. I was 50 or 60 pounds overweight. I was slow. I was flabby. I was out of breath just going up the stairs um, and and I was you know doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I was looking at stuff on the internet that I shouldn't have been. Um, you know, I was drinking a little bit too much, not like you know, alcoholism or anything, but just not like paying attention uh, to to how often and uh, and how much. And so I reached out um, in January of 17 to the, the dad edge big group now um it was only a couple thousand people at the time but i, I, I Can you tell me, like this moment what happened like this moment is like when you reached out what made you like enough i was sick of doing the things that i was doing and like trying what i thought was helping of you know reading blogs and listening to podcasts and being in accountability groups and none of it was working um even my prayers weren't effective like i wasn't in a in a place with my relationship with god where like i think he was teaching me that like hey you have all you need right here you just need to ask for it in the way that you need to ask for it and so uh i i posted in that that facebook group the dad edge uh run by larry hagner i was like hey this is what i'm dealing with this is where i'm at i need help like anybody got any advice and you know most of my best friends now re re replied on that post, including um, one guy. His name is Eric Davis. He's a, a retired Navy SEAL as well. I'd love me some Navy SEALs. Um, and he's like, hey, if you want some unconventional accountability, here's my email address. It's like, oh, unconventional accountability. I like that. And, and so over the course of some emails and text messages and a phone call, he's like, hey, you know what? These things that you're dealing with, these are just symptoms of you not taking care of of the important parts of you you know you're, you're not taking care of your body you're not you're not working out to exhaustion like you need to be you're not um taking care of your spirit you're not in corp 
you're not reading things and listening to things that are filled with the Holy Spirit regularly. You're not connecting with your wife intimately regularly. You know, you're not doing all these things that are now leading you to do things you hate. So he's like, all right, I want you to do one thing. You're going to focus on your body first because everything flows from there. And you're going to start working out, doing something every day that gets you absolutely exhausted. And then on a monthly basis, you're going to do the Navy SEAL physical fitness test. You're going to do as many push-ups as you can do in two minutes, as many sit-ups as you can do in two minutes, as many pull-ups as you can do until you fail a mile and a half run time. And it started out, um, so after I don't know, a few months of working out, I did my first PT test. And it was like 40 push-ups, 40-something sit-ups. I could not even do a pull-up. And my mile and a half time was like 16 minutes or something. And then over the course of six months, I carried this backpack around. It's not a backpack, it's a rucksack. With 45 pounds of bricks all around campus. And I kept it at my desk. And every time I went to or from my desk, I did 10 reps of something. Like push-ups or I did a minute of planks or I did some ruck swings or squats or something. Um, and not much more than that. Like sometimes I would do an extra workout at night, um, you know, go ruck a couple miles or go biking or whatever. And over the course of six months, I lost 50 pounds. I went from that 40 push-ups in two minutes to 90. I went to 110 sit-ups. And I think the best during that time I got in my run was uh, about 11 minutes and 20 something seconds, which was the best I'd done in a really, really long time. And then a few months after that, um, I completed the eight weeks to seal fit workout program, which was brutal. And then I got finally down to being able to do a mile and a half run in nine minutes and a half. And so, and then ev everything from there was, oops, I think we lost Matias. I don't know if I'm still on or not, but he'll tell me in a second. Um, being able to know that I can persevere in that way physically, just everything else kind of worked out over time. I knew I could persevere in this next element and I just kept moving through. I hope Matthias is still there. <laughs> We're going to send him a message here and see what's going on. There we are. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing 10 of each. Yeah. Yeah, I would do 10 reps of something. So like, you know, I'd go, I'd, I'd have to go to the bathroom. I'd do 10 push-ups. I'd come back. I'd do 10 more. <laughs> go get a drink of water. Okay. 10 rows. I get back. I do 10 more. Like I had, I had a checklist on my cabinet. Like I put a little, you know, a, a picture of each exercise and then I put a check mark next to every time I did 10 reps so I could, you know, kind of see my progress throughout the week. And where did you end up after this uh, six months? Yeah, so after the six months, uh, I was able to do 90 push-ups in two minutes, 110 sit-ups. Um, I got down to 11 minutes and 17 seconds for the mile and a half, but then a few months later, um, I, I, so, uh, at the end of those six months, I started doing the eight weeks to seal fit workout program. And by the end of that, I was able to get down to the nine minutes, 30 mile and a half 
and keep up my push-ups and sit-ups and uh, deadlift 365 pounds. I could squat one and a half times my body weight. Um, I could bench press my body weight. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. <laughs> and uh, what happened? So that, that was like the physical part. And then you actually felt stuck in basically all areas before that. What, yeah, what, now, uh, now it was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, thankfully, my, my job is very flexible and my boss was really encouraging. And like, you know, he saw me going to the gym and was like, hey, I'm going to the gym. I'll be back. He's like, great. You know, I'll see you over there. I'm going to go swim myself. So that was really helpful. But then all these other areas started to kind of work themselves out too of like, you know, over, over time, you know, I was connecting with other guys who were like, dude, you're getting ripped. Like what's going on? And, and then finding that their, their strength also lied in, um, you know, relating to their wives better. And so I was like, Hey, how do you, you know, dude, connect with your wife at night. And so, uh, you know, started doing things like every Wednesday night, giving her time to herself and I put the kids to bed and, and like that was able to give her some enough breathing room to, to start working on herself. And, and then we started connecting better after the kids go to bed and, and having better conversations and, and uh, just, you know, kind of went from there and we got it. I got into the, the book Wild at Heart and kind of rediscovered my connection with God a little bit more. And um, I'm able to talk about my faith more openly now than I've ever been. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Um, and just all these things just kind of flowed one after another of just, okay, what's, what's the next thing I can work on and, and, and double down on this area of strength. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been really cool. And now like, you know, the first time I talked to Eric, he was, you know, on in person, he was like, you know, inviting me into this this coaching group that he had that was you know, super expensive and exclusive and like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do that. And now a couple years later, I'm not only coaching, but I'm actually teaching leadership and teams with his former Navy SEAL teammate, Larry Atch. And I just, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, went down to visit them in Florida and we went diving at night for lobster. Like, that's just a regular Wednesday for me now is diving in the dark with Navy Steels. <laughs> and I don't want to go back. Like, I never want to go back. And I want to show other guys like, yeah, you could do this too. I, if I did it, anybody can. <laughs> So this is about going back. It's because like now you're on the other side of something. But can you share like what did you, what had you like when you were on that point when you were stuck, what had you actually given up on that you did not know you had access to? Yeah, I'd given up on, on having control over my time. Like I, I had just resigned myself to like, okay, yeah, I've got to be stuck to my desk from eight in the morning till five at night. And that's just what it is. You know, there's uh, I have no agency. I have no ability to adventure throughout the day. And that was complete and utter bullcrap. Like, you know, I, I, I realize I'm very fortunate to have a flexible job. That's not, it's not a big deal for me to go take 15 minutes and go ruck around the block if I need to clear my head. I know not everybody has that, but, um, you know, I, I realized over time, like, you know what, I'm better at my job on those days where, yeah, I take an hour and a half lunch break and I go spend it crushing myself in the gym. And it helps me be better at the stuff that I need to take care of the rest of the day. So why wouldn't I do that? And my boss is like, yeah, 
do more of that because you're getting better every time you do. <laughs> and so it was just realizing, you know, I have more control over my life than I thought I did. And when I give that up is when I feel trapped. When I take, when I take control over my, my time, especially, and, and what I, I put my focus on of, yeah, I want to make sure that I do something adventurous every day. I want to make sure that I, I exercise my uh, masculine strength in some way every day. In your, in your mic, bro. Better now? It's Is it? Yeah. Is that better? No. Uh, let's see. Now gonna... it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, I want to do something to where I'm... I'm doing some element of persevering every day. I want to do something where I'm, I'm using my masculine strength every day. And I've got the time in the day to do that. And sure, there are some days where, you know, I've got to, I've got to put in more, um, more hours at my job or whatever. And so it's not every day that I, I accomplish that. But more days than not, uh, I'm able to take control of my, my calendar to where I'm, I'm incorporating the things that fill me up, that help me come alive. And that helps me be better in every everything else, from my job to my relationships and everything that matters. So about uh, adventure, this feeling of, of stuckness, I, I have had a bunch of friends the past years that actually got separated with their wives or their girlfriends, and, and now mm. their kids are going back and forth. And uh, mm. I, I see this, uh, you know, they can might have a good time or a better time now, but as it is like, Usually it, it happens because a man does not feel free. So yeah. reading something like if it's David Data or whoever is like speaking about the masculine desires freedom. And if we yeah. don't feel the freedom and the power of that, we will feel like a really frustrated like monster in a cage and will break out with everything to get out. Yeah. And, and the relationship, the marriage or the kids could be put to blame. Like the reason my life sucks is because this woman, she doesn't allow me to do anything I want. And then kind of becoming a victim. And then the rational way is like, get out of it to be free. Yeah. But then actually, it's... that is not the truth. Because she's just a symbol of, of something else. She's just like receiving the projection. Yeah. And uh, that's why one of the parts why I'm so inspired by your adventure work or why it triggered something in me so, so, so strongly. So could you show on why you believe men need adventure in the way that you're providing and that you, you're developing? You know, what happens to a man that doesn't get that adventure? And what does it give a man to have this kind of adventure? Yeah, so kind of how I, so how I describe adventure, my distinction for it, I, I actually developed it with my buddy Larry. Um, and so far, I believe this to be a fundamental truth. We haven't found a way to break it yet. Feel, if anybody out there can find a way to break this distinction, let me know because I want to improve it. I will be the first to admit that I am wrong. But it is uh, an experience where you learn by persevering into the unknown and finding fulfillment. And there's a lot baked into that. It's very seemingly simple, but it's, it's elegant, right? Um, I've been studying Stoic philosophy for a couple of years as well. You were talking about kind of the, the that victim mindset of, uh, you know, feeling like everybody's out to get you and, you know, everything's happening to you. Well, that's, it's completely false. We always have control 
over how we react in any given situation. So what I'm trying to teach men is that you always have the ability to persevere. And the more you do that, the more you will grow in character, and which is really what we want. Um, and by growing in character, we get hope for the future that, okay, no matter how bad the situation I'm in right now, if I control my emotional response to it, if I see it appropriately, if I perceive it for what it is as, okay, this happened, here's how I'm going to respond. I'm going to choose to persevere through it and show up with my masculine strength. I'm going to give something to this situation to make it more positive. I'm going to learn something from this. Um, the other people who are in this situation with me are going to learn as well. And we're going to come out the other side better, no matter how crappy the situation is. And that's what true adventure is. It's, it's not, it's not necessarily just the mountain biking in Whistler. It's not climbing Everest. I mean, you know, or, or, uh, you know, running across America, although all those things are adventurous, true adventure is, is being able to see any situation that you have some element of the unknown, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, being able to persevere through that anyway, in a way that you grow your character. Uh, I, I appreciate, appreciate the distinction. Like I think the power of adventure uh, for me is that it's so tangible. Yeah. Like with the dadpreneur revolution, I work with two kind of complex parts. It's dads, you know, huge complexity to be a dad. The role is so big. And then many guys are husbands and then to be business owners. But the power of a business is like, okay, I made a sale. Look, money on the account. Ching, I'm awesome. Or uh, after that, oh, I delivered value to my client. I'm the man. Or climbing up the mountain, finishing the mountain bike trail is like, yeah, I did it. Or like, and, and really like, I struggled, but I made it to the end. And then it's like you mentioned some moments earlier, like the things you, you enjoy doing with your kids. But in this, like, the, that's the next moments they are crying and anyway for me like i can feel like a complete failure oh yeah so like the 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 accomplishment or like the clear destination is so much vaguer in a way yeah it doesn't give that sense of accomplishment that this other direction like business and you know outdoor adventure does and i think for me to to bring back the the power in my relationship to be able to give like fatherhood and my marriage importance is to like put that context, both of the fulfillment and the uh, achievement into it, like actually put it into context that I can win because usually it's like, oh, I want my kids to be happy, but they're crying every day. I'm failing. And that's not the context that is winnable. So then instead I, I, I get out of here, I go and work because yeah. they're enough. Yeah. And that's, that is the key there. And this is something I'm, I'm struggling with is that self, that self-worth of, you know, when you, when you come to that moment of, you know, maybe your, your boss calls you into his office and says, Hey, you know, you, you messed this up or, you know, you, you drop the ball on, uh, at home and, and you get frustrated with your kids and you yell at them over something. And, and you have that moment of, ah, I did it again. You know, I'm not worthy. Like, why am I even here? And 
And it's that moment of decision where you've got that why in the road where you can you can decide to to give into that negative self-talk and go down a, a pretty dark spiral. Or you can say, no, hey, wait, failure is an event, not a person. I am not a failure. I failed. And that's okay. And I learned. Hmm. And so that's 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 the daily sometimes moment by moment choice we all have in, in any situation of this is another illustration from my buddy Larry. I learn a lot from him all the time. He's like, hey, you've got like imagine lit- a literal Y in the road, you know, and on this side is the path to destruction. You know, that giving into that negative self-talk. You can go there. Sure. You can absolutely choose that. Or on this side is the path to life and love and fulfillment and you know your true you why don't you choose that <laughs> sounds so simple right <laughs> yeah it's simple but it's not easy like even to just be able to perceive that you have a choice is hard yeah 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 and i don't do it all the time and i don't do it well all the time either like sometimes you're like you know what screw it i want to be angry right now you know what i'm just going to be angry I regret it later, but so I, I learned actually it was yesterday that you love wild tart. Uh, oh, so yeah. For some reason, I came over that book. It must have been uh, maybe four or five years, and it was it's one of the worst books I've read because it took me kind of on a dark journey. Mm. You know, I, I connected to so many parts of myself through that book that, like, oh, I've been you know neglecting parts of myself i thought i was another man than i am and it's like just by his clear writing like awoke so many things in me that was suppressed for so long time yeah so i really need to needed to 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 rediscover myself i think it was a six month process i don't know if i call it the depression but it was it was like a lot of confusion and kind of re recreation for that yeah uh, so I'm definitely I will read it soon, soon very soon again. So could you share some of the insights what have, has touched you with this book and how it has transformed who you are and and yeah. One of the big things he talks in there is about the wound, the father wound that just about every man has some time in your in your past, whether it's as a kid or a young adult, where your dad wounded you in your area of your greatest strength like the thing that you loved the most he threw in the garbage whether intentionally or not and all of us have it i do i i love my dad he's a great great man but he was passive when i was a kid to some extent he still is he chose by not choosing to let his job dictate his day not spending time with us when we needed him to not choosing to do the things we needed to and so i carry that with me of reacting against it of like i i never want to be passive um so that was a big thing of just knowing that and then also trying I know I'm going to screw up in that area or I feel like I'm going to with my own son and trying to be mindful of like 
and maybe a little bit more than I should of like when I react poorly to something he does or um, not attentive to his little heart. Like, I really don't want to put a wound in him if I can help it. And so that's been huge for me is being able to like acknowledge to Alex when I screw up and not, and I'm not attentive to his heart of like, Hey, I messed up. You know, I'm still learning how to be a dad, just like you're learning how to be five, you know, and I, and I love you. I love that you're sensitive and, but it's hard for me when you're, you're crying to, you know, react well to that. And I'm, and I messed up. Um, so that was a big one for me. Another, another was for so long, um, I made my wife and girlfriends before her the adventure. Like they were the goal. And, and that was been damaging to all of them. And, and being able to realize like, oh no, I need to have something for myself that I'm adventuring into that I can bring, invite her along for the ride instead of making her the ultimate pinnacle of my adventure, which is damaging to both of us. So that was big for me, just having permission to be my own man apart from my wife, who I want to be with the rest of my life, but she is not everything for me. She can't be and shouldn't be and doesn't need that pressure on her. She's already got enough pressure of being a mom and being a teacher and being a woman. Like, I don't need to then put the further pressure on her. Oh, you're everything to me. You're my best friend. You're, you know, like, no, she's not. She's my best female friend. Absolutely. But I've got best guy friends. And that's healthy. And I need that. And, you know, so she can't, she is not my full emotional support. I don't puke my emotions all over her. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm hurting right now, but I'm going to go talk to John about it. And, and it's going to be okay. And here's how you can support me, you know, and not expecting her to be the full support. That, that's been huge. So, you know, just a couple of things. I mean, the whole book is a freaking, you know, B-52 full of wisdom bombs. But <laughs> that's why I'm so looking forward to reading it again um, before the, the boot camp. So that that boot camp is uh is going through the whole book um through a series of talks by john and the ransom heart team out in the mountains of colorado where sorry we had a tour group going by <laughs> i picked a really bad spot for an interview um but anyway so we go through the the whole book in a series of talks and you know moments by the campfire with the other men and you know, solitude in the mountains. It's it's going to be really amazing. What uh, it's like so after that that journey. What do you think? What do you hope that you will bring with you as an integrated uh, man? Hmm. I think the biggest thing is going to be that being comfortable with not knowing what the next thing is going to be. <laughs> like, 
just being okay, being here with God and saying, hey, what do you got for me next? What, like, where do you want me to put my foot? Where do you want me to put my hand? And being okay with only knowing that. And not having to have the certainty of the next five years of my life planned out or even the next five days of my life completely planned out and just being able to rest in that kind of constant panic mode of like, Oh, we're really in a life of adventure because things are uncertain. And even if I only know the next place to put my foot, that's good enough. You, uh, you said you, you just celebrated your 10 years anniversary with your wife so congratulations yeah. respect <laughs> and you shared this uh, kind of picture when uh, on your wedding picture and then you, you made the same picture with her 10 years later that was so and, much fun and what touched me with that like i tried to pay attention to like what's going on in these people's lives and the wedding day is always like a very exciting day it's like a huge milestone and what I read in your faces 10 years ago and today were in the, in the wedding picture, there was hope. And in that hope, there was also, you know, I hope this will be good, you know, some kind of, of fear, like, oh, yeah. I'm in the leap, I don't know what's going on. But it was that sense, like, this is going to be good, but, oh, what, what, what's actually here? And now, 10 years later, you're doing kind of the same face, looking at each other, but there's this little other spice to it. And what I see there is faith. Yeah. So maybe you don't see that, but that's what I saw. So if you would play with that as a truth, could you share what has shifted during these 10 years to make you now live in faith? That's a really good way to put it. I couldn't figure it out, but it was the same thing when we were when we were taking that picture of just just looking into Tracy's eyes and going like, "We're gonna be together until we're 130," <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and we were gonna be that couple that people you know say you know get a room when we're 90, <laughs> you know, and and like on our wedding day, like you were saying, it was like, yeah, we want that, but like, I don't know, the world is hard. And now 10 years in, we're like, yeah, it's going to be hard, but we can do it. We have done it for 10 years. Like, and if we could do it for 10 years, we can do it for 100. And, and it gets better every day. And, and we're, we're closer now. I think we're better looking now than we were then. I know my wife is for sure. And I mean, three kids looks great on her. <laughs> and you know, just those those playful moments of looking into each other's eyes going like, we were so naive back then, you know, and, and now just like every day is, is an opportunity to grow closer, even if we're just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, <laughs> you know, like we don't need to, to have these, these grand gestures of romantic things, although we do enjoy doing that from time to time. And it's, it's about uh, just enjoying each other's presence and spirits. Um, yeah, that's that's been the biggest thing of just spending time, you know, true quality time together. Like something I've realized over the past 
probably a couple of years, and the Alliance has helped a lot, was just how to be more in tune with how to love my wife better. Oh, you know, simple things. Like she really appreciates it when the first thing I do when I get down the stairs at night after the kids go to bed is clean the kitchen and clean the cat litter. <laughs> so that, you know, in some at least small way, she can feel more relaxed about her environment at home, which helps her inner life feel more less, feel less chaotic. And that I'm able to do that for her helps a lot and helps us connect. And then, you know, giving up time in the wood shop to spend time on the couch with a bowl of popcorn and a cup of tea watching some mindless TV show together means a lot to her. And, and knowing that it's, it's not a sacrifice to do that anymore. Like, sure, I love building things in the shop, but what I love more is my wife and, and collect, connecting with her and finding ways to, to show up for her better is more important than, you know, building a table for some client. So I gave up a whole woodworking business, not even gave up chose not to do it anymore because it was killing me um so that almost every night without fail unless you know i've got to go on a, a trip for work or to a conference or something we're spending at least an hour connecting over what seemingly is nothing but it's everything and like I've been working a lot with my wife on the topic of trust. Mm. And so basically I'm like, yeah, I trust everyone. Like that's my mind. Like I believe, you know, the, the, in, in the best uh, ability of all or the beingness of all. But what I really learned the past uh, six months or, or year is like the levels of trust and that I had no idea about. And she has taught me a lot about that uh, through the journey that, that we are on. And, and, you know, disappointments and mistakes and and so on and regaining it's like yeah but it's okay i love you still you know you're okay yeah um so can you share anything about a journey that you have taken with your wife of building trust through you know not handling it well and still sticking together even though oh yeah i've got a, a couple of big moments where i was a complete idiot um yeah, so for we'll let this tour group go by here. <laughs> for for years leading up to our our marriage and even into our marriage, I w was not doing things well in my my thought life, which manifested itself into an addiction to pornography, which she found out about by finding my Google search history once, and it you know led to a, a blow up in the kitchen, rightfully so. And uh, it took a long time to get her trust back. A long time. Um, and so, but we worked through it because we both knew that, you know, it was till death do us part. And I worked on myself and, and worked on being worthy of her trust again. And it was a constant process, but it was worth it. And what do you think it is that made her like not give up on you? That like with something in your communication or who you are or who she is to say like, 
this doesn't mean that you're a guy to be untrustworthy. It means you did something and but I still Oh, I mean to... it was it was totally for a, a good while that yeah, you are untrustworthy, but I still love you anyway and you're going to be trustworthy again, but you're going to, to show me if... hmm. It was, you know, her, her commitment that she had made um 10 years ago. Like, yeah, I committed to you. You know, you you really hurt me, but I'm going to stick with you. We're going to figure this out. But for a while, we're we're going to be, uh, you know, working on trust and nothing else. I I I feel so strong, like to be in the image of the waves of the relationship. Like sometimes it would be epic, and sometimes it would be really low. And after it's really low hope will come back and, and yeah. will be in that kind of timeline when there is so much pain. Yeah. It's a very important perspective that I need to remember more often. Yeah. And I need to remind myself too, it's like, you know, that those, those days were just some of the worst. And I, I've, I honestly contemplated suicide a couple of times. Like, I don't know that I could do this. Like, I don't know that I can do this anymore. And, you know, thankfully I realized like, okay, that's not going to help anything. <laughs> you know, like this is not going to make it better. Um, and, you know, a lot of, uh, I had some, some really close people help me through that. But, you know, knowing that it was going to be hard, but is worth it in the end. Very, very worth it. I think like no matter what it is, you know, it's in this kind of addictions that I think men are very kind of tuned to, to end up in. That is uh, what I understand a, a result of not being able to handle one's own emotions in a very effective way or actually being really crappy in handling one's emotions. So it's like when it's out of control, one goes to an area where one can control and to, it's really easy to Google, uh, to, to, to Google some pornography and, and get an answer that one wants. Like, yeah, I made it. I find something cool. Like, I'm the champion, but actually not. But really the importance of, of, of what I came to realize that it's not my fault that I'm unable to process emotion. It's not my fault that I'm useless in these areas of asking for, for help or knowing what to do. It's like, I, I'm being trained like that. Our culture has built us up to, to act like this and our parents have done their best and this is the result. So actually, even though the society, our culture and the people have done their best, it's actually really, really hard for guys these days to be on a level that they think are acceptable. And like the, you know, in, in Sweden, number of, of men eating you know depression antidepressants like it's it's growing so fast and it, it's so much about like not having a way a path to expression express emotions and that you know when we do something that we know it's not in integrity we fail and we are like bad guys but actually obviously we'll we'll do a lot of mess ups because that's in our programming it's actually a wonder when we don't do it that's that's a miracle because yeah. that does like prove like we've gone such a journey. Yeah, it's hard when you've yeah got that such hardwired neuro programming to do stuff you don't want to do. 
but that's the work that's the journey that's 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 the process that, that we all get to be on that's why we're here and on that note so you have overcome a lot of limiting beliefs and you shared some some of the shifts you have made but can you share some processes that you have used to overcome and, and, and redefine who you are yeah well, i mean one of those things is just realizing that i can change intentionally like <laughs> i can you know put my intention towards new um neural pathways to do the things that i want to do to bring about the kind of life that i want and, and the impact that i want in the world i can choose that which is huge and and having you know uh, coaches and and other members of my various teams i'm on help me with that has been really big of just you know not not only am, am i enough but i can help others see that they're enough and um you know i, I, I go through this uh I've, I've got tons of tools now that you know thought tools from a few different people larry atch being the biggest one and and john eldridge of course as well of you know, when I find myself in those situations where I don't want to be, if how do I get out of it? And and how do I interrupt that that drift into the negative, the ineffective space? So yeah, those those limiting beliefs now um kind of the biggest way I've gotten past you know, not all of them, of course, but uh whenever they show up is is being mindful of those like, ah, okay, yeah, this is where I'm holding myself back. And then saying, okay, what, what tool do I need to bring to bear to this if I am feeling up to <laughs> attacking it right now and, and, and moving through that with uh, you know, the most effective way I know how, reaching out to other people, uh, asking for their advice and their counsel, praying about it powerfully, um, breaking these agreements I've made with myself and, and with others over the years. Um, it's, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> I I, um, I was in this uh, intense uh, it's like a warrior training some month ago and uh, I was kind of praying for to you know get rid of the self-doubt but mm. as while I was in that prayer I, I realized no I don't want to do that because self-doubt it actually means that I'm progressing it's what keeps you in check <laughs> yeah but it also like if I am I'm I'm, I'm I'm at, at like an, uh, a certain level, and when I'm to reach next level, I should have self doubt. That's healthy because I've never done the, the thing before. Yeah. So the the you moment know, I'm you know out that of self doubt uh, is that I'm when I'm out territory. of the I'm out of expansion. Mm -hmm. Then I will not have self doubt because I do. You know, can I lie on the couch? Yes. I, can I do that without self doubt? That, yes. But that's not a good place to be. Yeah. So I don't want my. I changed the prayer to like be don't be be like controlled by self-doubt yeah but still have it and receive it as a gift to see how can i work with this environment yeah, that's really huge of I mean, we were talking about this yesterday on the on the call with uh, with benji grosek of like how fear and can really actually be helpful and serve you to to you know keep you moving forward to where you want to be and same thing with doubt like i can't remember if it was in wild at heart or something else john aldridge wrote about how you know so many men like fall away or don't even want a relationship with god because they aren't pushing themselves enough hmm. you know they 
they aren't in a place where they they need anyone outside of themselves because they aren't growing they aren't living they aren't uh you know they aren't adventuring they aren't exploring and sure like you don't need god to sit on the couch and watch netflix you don't need him but you do need him when you're trying to do what you were created to do which is always going to be uncertain and difficult and you know full of doubt and despair and attack and that is exactly where you need god um so we're just about to wrap up and i I want you to uh, share like your with your adventure uh, project if you want to share how people can connect to you regarding that or share a little bit about what it is also and the number one channel where people can reach out to you. Yeah, so the biggest thing that I'm on right now is sol- helping to solve the problem of a lack of adventure in the lives of men that leads us to looking forward more to going to bed at night than waking up in the morning. And so I'm starting a, a local group first to try it out of a small guy- small group of guys, five to 12 guys just in my church. and doing adventure together regularly and uh, you can follow along with that on the anthem of the adventurer.com i've got a blog there about kind of my progress with this project uh you can also see my podcast there's a whole bunch of episodes uh from the past year and we're going to be starting our new season here in october um and it's all going to be about perseverance is this next season and starting off with i can't wait for this first interview um his name I only know him by Cadre Igor. He is a retired Delta Force member who was in the Battle of Mogadishu. So if you ever watched Black Hawk Down, he was one of the guys hanging out of the Little Bird helicopters in the actual battle. So we're going to talk about perseverance in his life, um, and it's going to be released on the anniversary of the Battle of Mogadishu. Um, so you can find the podcast, The Anthem of the Adventurer, on, on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all that jazz. Um, and, uh, if you want to join in the conversation, share about your adventures, um, we have a Facebook group called the Anthem of the Adventurer Tribe, and it's, it's a closed group, so you got to apply to get in, so, you know, we don't like spammers or anything in there. It's pretty small, but a really cool little community, and if you're wanting to go to the next level, or like, yeah, I'm ready to get off the couch, but I don't really know what to do, um, we've got a course called Get Off the Beach that I filmed on Omaha Beach in Normandy. And it's all about the importance and dignity of casual adventures in our lives. Some examples of what to do um, for some casual adventures. It'll challenge you a little bit to uh, develop some new skills. Your casual adventures is really awesome. So if you want some more on that, uh, shout on, uh, on Facebook. It's probably the best way. Awesome. Thank you. It's right on, been you. Thank you for having me. truly insightful to have you here. <laughs> Thank you for sharing so openly and authentic, authentically. Uh, it's obvious that you've been practicing. We know each other from the dad, Dad's Edgy Lions. Yeah. So that's we've got a lot of practice to be true. <laughs> it's really beautiful to see that the, the surface from what's inside and what's outside is not very different. Yep, that's what I'm working on. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dan. Take care, Matthias. Hang along and I I will uh, come back to you right on. So, uh, Dadpreneur, uh, business revolutionaries, thank you so much for joining us. If you've been here live on Facebook or are listening to a recorded podcast afterwards, thank you. This is a journey. 
to unveil our leadership to be our best version of ourselves. And now we have some epic tools that we received from Dan. So thank you so much. So if you want to reach out and join our community, we have a group and we are supporting men to step up to their power in leading their life and their families by developing dadpreneur businesses. So we are here to support you to be the best version of yourself. So I'm looking forward to see you on the top of life mastery and enjoy the journey. Thank you so much.